0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning. We're reading, I'm reading from uh, Luke 5.16. It's just a short little scripture here, and it says, But Jesus often withdrew To the wilderness for prayer. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He didn't go just into the dining room. He didn't just go out into the street. He went to a remote remote location. He went beyond distractions. And how many of you know that when you want to pray sometimes there's lots of things that suddenly get your attention that you didn't notice before? Suddenly you notice that your fingernails need clipping. Wow. And I'm praying in the lounge room and and What's that cushion doing down there? In fact, I think I should move the whole furniture around. And uh, the, the number one thing the devil wants to do is break our relationship with God. Number two, break our relationship with other people. And communication is, is the thing that overcomes that. Oh, you didn't mean that when I thought you meant you said that. But we need to be talking with God, and the devil wants to stop that. He'll do everything he can to get you to wake up and not pray. Because the dogs are barking, or the lawn needs mowing, or there's, there's still that wasp nest that you haven't got out yet, and you should do it now before you forget. The most dangerous thing we can do, number one, when we pray, is start praying. That's the most dangerous thing you can do. You don't have to do anything else, just start. And for some people, it might be a little bit awkward because you haven't done it very much, and what do I do, what do I say? We just make a start. Dear God, I'm here. We have an awesome invitation. It's a standing invitation. And all of you here today, as you leave this room, we've got a little uh, invitation to give you to remind you of this. It's uh, a copy of the invitation to Prince William's uh, wedding. And uh, we've changed things around. It doesn't really mention Prince William very much at all. And uh, you'll see there that it's an invitation for you to spend time with the maker and creator of your soul at a time and location of your choosing. What an awesome standing invitation. I mean, ha- I don't know if anyone here has been to an audience with the Queen, but perhaps even then, if you did get an audience with the Queen, it wouldn't just be you and her. It would be a whole bunch of people making sure you don't come close and that that close and you do say the right things. There's no threat to the queen. God doesn't do that. He says, come into my presence. And it's just going to be you and me. We're going to have a chat. Wow. The most powerful person in the universe has an invitation for you at any time. Prayer is a great privilege. I know that as soon as I start to think about prayer, if I think about it in terms of what a privilege it is, and that God himself is giving me time. And he's so amazing, he and do that with all of us at the same time. When we go to heaven, we're going to all have access to Jesus whenever we want. We're able to walk through the gardens that surround his courts, smelling the fragrances of the all the different flowers we've never seen before. Walking past the fresh, uh, the, the ponds full of fresh, clear water, listening to the sounds of birds singing, we approach. His place. There's angels moving about. Some of them are, are too busy doing whatever they're doing, not noticing us. Others are saying, just come through here, showing us where to go. We come between some huge co- columns. and This is all my imagination, but this is the sort of God who's much bigger than any human God. We're, we'll all be blown away. We'll be totally blown away. It's bigger than anything you can imagine. So imagine something huge. Curtains between the columns, swaying gently in that warm breeze, carrying the sound of some people's choir, beautiful choir. I'm singing the most beautiful music you could ever imagine. It's tugging at your heart as you walk closer. I'm starting to really get excited, anticipating seeing him again. And then you come through a massive gateway, and there's a fanfare of trumpets heralding your arrival, and you go into a wide open place with a beautiful bright light somewhere over here. It could be 30 meters away. It could be 300 kilometers away in heaven. Who knows? But you're approaching the throne of God, and there's angels circling around, singing, glory, glory, holy, holy. The whole place echoes with his glory. Huge bass notes reverberating in your heart and soul and beautiful sounds. And then there's a voice, a deep voice that echoes out, leave us. And all the angels look at you and vanish. And then out of the bright light, you see a human uh, form walking towards you, confidently, relaxed, very relaxed. And you know it's the Son of God walking towards you. And he walks towards you with a smile. He says, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad you came today. Let's talk. And, and all you can do is what you always do when you see him is just say, Thank you. Thank you so much. We enter his courts with thanksgiving in our hearts and praise, as Melanie said just a few moments ago. But, you know, that can happen any time you want. Don't wait for heaven. You've got that privilege right now. When I go and pray, I love to get up in the mountain, go and withdraw and pray. I just love to imagine that Jesus is just walks out from behind that tree and stands there and we just, we, we talk heart to heart. Sometimes there's not many words needed. Sometimes there's a lot of words needed. But the most dangerous thing you can do is to start praying. Just start. Take that invitation, put it on the fridge. So I'm, I'm going to have that there. Our family is invited to spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords whenever we choose. To opportunity Number two, a dangerous thing about prayer. Matthew 6 and verse 10 from the Lord's Prayer. And I hope that somebody goes through the Lord's Prayer in this series we're doing on dangerous prayer because there's so much in it. The whole thing is just dangerous. Dangerous to, to our identity, dangerous to our culture. I mean, it just starts with the word our, our Father. Jesus didn't say, when you pray, pray like this. My Father... No, he didn't say that. He said, our, anyway, that's a whole other message. Our culture is all about me, my. It's my God. I've got him. He's all mine. Nobody else. Everybody else outside is bad. And Jesus said, no, it's actually our God, our Father. Anyway, the ones that I felt God impose, impress upon me to share today, this verse here, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What an amazing thing for Jesus to tell us to pray. It's a bit like when he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. The workers would go out, pray and do this. Pray. Jesus is saying God's will is not happening right now. We need to pray for it to happen. There's some Christians who think that whatever happens, whatever's going on, whatever people go to hell, that's what God wants. It's not. God's, it's not God's will that any should perish. Guess what? Some people are perishing. Therefore, God's will is not being done. Jesus says, Pray that God's will will be done. Pray. Your prayer is dangerous to the devil because it makes a difference. If you do this, we'll get more of God's will being done. I pray for that person at work. Lord, I pray that your will would be done. I pray that his eyes would be opened. I pray for that marriage. I pray for my marriage. That your will would be done. Lord God, we pray. Your prayers are dangerous because they make a difference. They have power. They carry power. And we don't pray, there's no power. We don't pray, God's will isn't being done. God, we want your will to be done. So you go and talk, withdraw, Jesus withdrew. He loved that invitation. He said, I'm going to take that invitation today. I'm going to go and see my father. And then he talked with God. What is your will, God? What is? I want your will to be done today. What do I do? Tell me what to do, Father. And then he went and did it. We can do the same thing. And uh, sometimes God will say something fairly obvious, and other times it'll be an image or a picture. Sometimes it'll just be a general thrust. Like on Tuesday I went to pray, and I said this prayer. It's always a bit scary to say, God, what do you want to say to me today? And... uh, Wait for a while. And that's the key with prayer. You, you pray until something happens. Just pray. What, what do you want to say, Lord? I, I'm here. I worship you. I'm sorry for all my sin now. Speak to me. <clears throat> and we can be confident that if we're not hearing something that's against the Bible, that we will hear God's voice. Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. So when you pray, you will hear God's voice. But you've just got to ask for it. God, what do you want to say to me? I'm going to wait until you say something to me today. What is it? It could be very, very simple. I want you to just to go back and have a great day. I've had plenty of those. Love your family. Work hard. On Tuesday, I really straight away felt these two words come to me. Trust me. I was saying to Melanie, I got back from prayer, I said, God just told me just to trust him. And sure, three or four times since that moment, have been challenging little incidences and things going on. Uh, And uh, the, the temptation is to get worried. Lead us not into temptation. It's another great part of that Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer. And I just felt those words come back to me. Trust me. And wow, it just like put a boundary around me. I couldn't go into that place of anxiety. Why? Because I prayed. And I'd say, what is your will, Lord? And he said, trust me. That's my will. I want you to trust me. Whatever happens, trust me. You know, sometimes you've read trust me in the Bible. Yeah, okay, we'll trust. But then you hear it from God, and it takes on some sort of actual meaning. That actually happens. Things can pop into our head from the Holy Spirit. They can be popping into your head right now. Uh, And you just need to just whisper those words. What do you want to say to me, Lord, today? What does God want you to take from this message? I hope you have asked him that today. Our prayers make a difference. We can pray for salvations. Pray, pray for lives to be transformed. Pray for marriages to be put back together. Pray for mental health to come into to people's minds. Pray for health to come into their bodies. God is a whole person. As uh, Daryl said, it's, uh, this, we're living in a spiritual dimension. We just happen to also be able to see and touch things, but we've got to connect with God. All right. Part of that God, as I said, can give us an image. Without an image, without a vision, we wander aimlessly, the Bible says. And he can say to you, okay, this is what I I see for you in your future. And you can get just a quick flash. I remember when... uh, Months before I'd even been to the location that became Emmaus Christian School, I had a dream, and it was one of those dreams you think that's a vivid dream, that's not a normal dream. And I was in a corridor, I might have shared this at church before, but in a corridor, I sort of went down a ramp, and there was a glass around, and then there was a door and thing. I thought, well, that's interesting. And then not long after that, I went to the school and and uh, it was shown around. This is going to be the new location. I thought, oh, this is interesting. There's a ramp and there's down a corridor. And there's glass here and there's a door. God has shown me something. We, we need to be praying. We need to be connecting with God. This is awesome. Just touch that and the whole thing rocks towards you. God wants to take your imagination and paint the future possibilities on your imagination. And we've got wonderful people in our church who are living something that God has given them as an imagination a few years ago. Now they're seeing it happen. And that can happen to you as well. That's called faith. That's called throwing an anchor uh, into the future, grabbing hold of it and pulling it in. God wants to do that with you, but it happens in prayer. The third thing, first thing, pray. Second thing, you can change things with your prayer. And the third thing is from, uh, let's see, I think I'll jump to Exodus 2.23. Can we do that, guys? This is when the Israelites just about to leave Egypt. And it says here, Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cry arose up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. You know, there will be times in our lives where we cannot string much of a prayer together. We don't have the energy, we don't have the emotional capacity, we're broken, and all we can do is oh, groan. All we can do is sigh, but God hears that. He hears that groan, he hears that sigh. And, you know, man's way is to, is to do it all with our own strength. We can think, oh, well, I've got to sort of whip up some sort of prayer here to get God moving. I've got to spend three hours every morning from 3 to 6 a.m. getting this thing going. And God is able to say to us, look, I'm closer to you than you realize. And I can hear and feel the groan. I can feel the groan. You know, It t- only takes a groan to reach the throne. <laughs> That's for you, Petrus. Take that. Let's hear some groaning, brother. God will hear your heart. Why? Because he's your father. You know, when a child comes to mum and dad and says, after a party, he says, oh, I need to have this because they've got one. Yeah. Then you can say, well, actually, no, you, you, what you really need is something else because I know you. Most of the time we do. It gets into teenage age and it all becomes a little bit confused. But generally, we know they still need us even though they don't, need that, don't know that. And we can say to God, God, I need a new spouse. God says, no, actually, you need to love that one. <laughs> I know where the real groan is. The groan is that you don't know how to do it, but I'm going to help you do it. God, I need a new job. I oh, know you need, first of all, I'll look at after that at some point, but I want you to get really, really good at that job first. Because you need that. God knows what we need before we even ask it, Jesus said. He knows the groan. Look at Jesus. He's the one we imitate. Mark 7, verse 34, 35. It says here, Jesus, looking up to heaven, sighed and said, Ephatha, which means be opened. And instantly the man who had been born deaf could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. What did Jesus do? He sighed. And the sigh went up to heaven. And sometimes when we are just broken people and we're worn out, all we can do is sigh. And the sigh says, I can't do this. And God says, that's fine, I can. Don't be afraid to groan. Don't be afraid to sigh. Don't be afraid to express our heart are genuine, true feelings to God. Read the Psalms, David, just constantly sighing, constantly groaning to God. Not not moaning and complaining, but just, God, hear my heart. He's a man who uh, was bef- before his time. You know, generally speaking, women, if they've got some sort of problem, are quite happy to share it. Whereas men content to lock it up and then die younger as a result. So you need to have some more men praying with that sigh, praying with that groan. Amen? That's what we need. We need dangerous prayer that starts. We need dangerous prayer that gets his something from God and starts to see it and starts to change the world. And we need prayer that realizes it's not up to us. It's not up to our awesome praying and the great waftiness of the loftiness. It's up to God. And that's what real prayer is. Melanie and I have seen so many people who've uh, had uh, for years a groan and a sigh saying, God, when will this man come that I want to marry? When will this woman come that I want for a wife? And God has heard their sighs and their groans. And we just see it time and time again. We have a few more weddings this year where God has said, the time has come to act. I have heard your groans. I've heard your sighs. Don't keep those from God. All right, let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Your desire is for every person to just realize the privilege of coming into your presence whenever we wish into the presence of the supreme creator, who's also so powerful and also so loving. And who knows us intimately, thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to do that whenever we wish. Lord, help us be a church of prayer. Help us be a church of honest, open prayer with God. Let us all be trained in how to pray. Lord God, teach us, fill us with a desire. Lord God, not just to do something, but to be with you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.